And welcome back to a not so mini mini sode with me, Hannah the Suburban Witch, your host for this podcast. Welcome to Witch Talks, a series for spiritual seekers, witches, and enlightened souls. I'm Hannah the Suburban Witch, an intuitive tarot reader, astrologer, and eclectic witch, and I hope you're ready to get up close and personal with your favorite witches. Hello, witches. A little bit of housekeeping before we start today's mini-sode, which is totally Halloween-themed. It's going to be wild. You may recall in episode 20 with Matt Oren on psychic development that we discussed, I thought I might have ADHD. Now, if you keep up with my socials on Instagram, TikTok, etc., which I hope you do, you might know that I did, in fact, receive an ADHD diagnosis. Why am I updating you on this, you may ask? Two reasons. The first, I think it is really valid to hear other people's experiences so that we may feel valid if we are going through the same thing. It may seek someone else to go and get diagnosis. And it just provides overall awareness of the differences in neurological behaviors. For me, it explains a lot about my teenage life being so difficult and feeling like something was wrong with me. And I often wonder if I had potentially medication or support at that time around these differences. Maybe things could have changed and been a little bit different. The second reason is I am actually trying medication and I've had a few people concerned that this may affect my psychic abilities. And I want to keep you all updated on that fact. So far, and I have been on this medication for maybe three-ish weeks now, I haven't noticed any difference. In fact, the main differences I have noticed is all the beds are being made, tasks are being finished, I don't feel as overwhelmed, and I'm able to go to bed at a slightly reasonable hour as long as I don't take the tablets too late in the day. This is a valid concern for many people, though. There is this belief that certain medications can block our psychic abilities, and I'm sure there might be some that can but I haven't noticed that with this. I'm still having very vivid dreams. My clairvoyance still works. My tarot readings still work. Everything seems just fine. So let me put your mind at ease if it's something you've been considering that it will work out just fine with your spiritual practice. The second part to today's housekeeping is to let you all know where this podcast is going. Don't worry, it's not going anywhere, but I am planning a break. So season one will be wrapping up at episode 30, which is the next episode after this one. So the season finale will be released November 16th, 2022. And I'm really excited to bring you that one. After this, I will be having a break for December and January. A long deserved break, if I might add. With episode one of season two premiering on February 1st, 2023. To be perfectly honest, I have already recorded that episode and you are going to absolutely love it. I cannot tell you enough how awesome that episode is. So stick with me. Keep up to date with our socials. You know what they are. As always, everything is linked in the description box below. And now let's get in to this spooky episode.
for today's spooky special. It's not actually just a mini-sode with Hannah. No, 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 dear listener. Today, you have been invited to join me at the podcasting table. And I have stories that have been sent in from my beautiful listeners about their own supernatural encounters with the odd and the unexplained. Of course, I will share my own experiences as well and hopefully scare the socks off you. This first story comes in from Haunted Gamer 47. They say, Hi, I'm here to share my ghostly encounter. I was just watching TV in my room one day when I decided to bring some oranges to start juggling. I was really good at it and got a little overconfident. It slipped from my hand and rolled under the couch. When I went to pick it up, I felt something soft. I thought it was a cat and got a little bit scared. But when I checked, I saw red eyes staring at me. As it was nighttime, I got very spooked out. I didn't think much about it and started juggling again. When again, I slipped. This time, I went to take the orange from behind the door and saw the same red eyes staring at me. That was it. I had to put the oranges back. When I did though, those same red eyes were staring at me. After that incident, I've been seeing so many shadows in my room, I've kind of gotten used to them, but that incident still haunts me, man. Okay. Okay. Haunted Gamer 47. Firstly, why did you continue after you saw the first red eyes? I would have been out of that room in a flash. My first thought was actually that sometimes cat's eyes can look red especially if there's light shining against them, but to see it in three different places is a little bit spooky. What you can try to anyone encountering something like this, just for some witchy advice as we go through these stories, is some dragon's blood incense. I find it really useful in stopping spirit activity, and if you're seeing shadows, that sort of a thing, it just kind of clears it all out. But, of course, once you've done any form of cleansing, clearing, that sort of thing, you need to put protections back in place. So this is wardings and protective things in your home, on your body, psychically and physically. Good luck. Our next story comes in from Rebecca Guthrie. Hi Hannah, I saw your request for spooky stories so thought I'd share mine. When my sister-in-law got married, all the bridal party stayed at a historic homestead at a winery the night before. We went out for dinner in the nearby town and returned to find every light on in the house, as well as all the doors unlocked and left open. We didn't think much of that. Later that night, we heard quite a lot of scratching coming from what sounded like the walls, but we put that down to possums. Uh, yeah, I totally would have done the same. (laughs) She continues. I wish I'd taken it more seriously, or thought of warding at the time, because it continued to escalate throughout the night. We all had different rooms that opened off the main hallway. I shared with another bridesmaid, and at about 2am I woke up to what sounded like high heels walking along the floorboards of the hallway, pacing up and down, up and down. I have never felt a more overwhelming sense of dread, and the clearest knowing that if I were to get out of bed, things would get very, very scary. This went on until 6am when light started to filter through the house. I didn't want to mention it to anyone while we were getting ready because I wanted it to be a calm day for my sister-in-law. But later on, a 
another bridesmaid asked us all if anyone had been practicing walking in their heels overnight. We all said no, but I found out then that everyone had heard it. After that day, I was speaking to another friend who told me that the property is supposedly haunted. Regards, Rebecca. Well, Rebecca, I would have to agree with your friend. That property absolutely sounds haunted. It can be one of two things. In terms of hauntings, there is residual energy. And sometimes this is like a repeating of something that has happened in history. Like that moment was really strong. So it happens again and again. And whilst it's kind of counted as a haunting, it's not technically because the spirit or the entity doing these sounds and things is not cognizant of it. They're almost trapped in like a little time loop. They won't interact with you. They won't change things. So that may have been the sound of the heels, may. But what I feel, because you got this overwhelming sense of dread and a knowing that if you got out of bed, things could get very, very scary. And I know that feeling. I'm hesitant to say it's one of those time loop things. It it sounds like it's a little bit more active, potentially someone who lived in the home, loved that home and is not enjoying that home being rented out to many different groups of people, especially seeing as they had all the lights on and the doors open, maybe as a way of saying, please go away. Here's the door. You can see yourself out. And to have it be heard by everyone, that's, that's pretty intense, isn't it? Thank you for sharing your story. Our next story comes from Lisa Miller, who runs Forever Clean Soapworks. She says, Hi Hannah, after my mum died, I bought her house from my siblings, and she was very close with my daughter, who used to live with her. My daughter and I had gone to the house to move out some items. My daughter walked in, placed her car keys on the table, just like she had always done, and we both said that we could just feel my mum's presence still in the house. We were there for an hour and my daughter was about to take things out to her car when she couldn't find her keys. We searched the entire house. We spent another 30 minutes or so looking for her keys when she finally went out to her car and found them in the back seat. But that was the first time she'd gone out to the car since arriving. I told her Granny just didn't want her to go. I would agree sometimes our ancestors can play little tricks on us, especially if she's really strongly in her home still, or if it was rather soon after her passing. My own grandmother, I believe, caused the heavens to open up and rain to pour down during her burial ceremony so that we wouldn't all leave too quickly. It was totally unexpected and kept us all huddled under the tent there for a good extra 25 minutes. Now Lisa continues. Many years prior to this, my boyfriend, who later became my husband, got up one morning and went to work. As I worked later in the day, I was still home and he called me and asked where the checkbook was because he needed to stop at the store on the way home. I told him I didn't have it, it must be in his car. He searched the car and couldn't find it and asked me to search the house. So I did. Every room, several times, no checkbook. I called him and told him I didn't find it and we'd have to call the bank. After hanging up, I went back to my bedroom and there it was, this checkbook on my pillow. Now, Lisa, I have had similar things happen and I know of lots of people that have had similar things happen and you can't explain that. You know that you were sleeping on your pillow and there was no checkbook there earlier. Very, very bizarre happenings and they, they're they almost like spirit playing a little funny joke on us because we can't explain it. 
but we rationally try to anyway. But deep down, we know something, something else is involved. But at the same time, it's kind of helpful and kind of harmless. So we don't get too spooked out over it. Thank you very much for sharing. Our next story comes in from Rocket O Skulls on Instagram. And they say, several years ago, I was staying at an ex-boyfriend's family home, which is over 120 years old. His bedroom was in the attic and the unfinished part was divided by a door and a wall and it was haunted. He went off to work and I was asleep in the bed. I woke up to the covers being ripped off of me. Nobody was upstairs and nobody could have gotten up there without me hearing them come up. I don't think that entity liked me a whole lot unless they were just messing with me that day. Well, that is one of those unfortunate events that you cannot explain away and would be absolutely petrifying because it is so visible and real. It's a physical experience that is happening to you. I'm curious whether any feelings accompanied it, like feelings of dread or playfulness, because I think it can sometimes go both ways depending on the spirit in question. The covers being ripped off us as we sleep is such a... Hollywood wet dream when it comes to horror movies. They love this thing because it is super creepy. You feel super vulnerable when you don't have the covers on. For some reason, they're like a layer of protection. So understandably, I'm sure that was very creepy for you. Our next story is from Kate Bible. Oh, I have a great one. I think about this often. When I was in high school, the house I lived in had a very dark energy downstairs that got denser down the hall and was at its worst in my bedroom. During that time, I actually had severe chronic nosebleeds that would last hours and use nearly half a roll of tissue. There was one night I had gotten back from an event where they had given out champagne and we were allowed one or two glasses. Being lightly intoxicated and up later than normal, the darkness felt worse than ever. I was in bed and felt something staring at me. Looking up, I saw something crouched in the back corner of my room. It was solid black with red eyes, Again with the red eyes in the stories today. It was solid black with red eyes, pointed upright ears, thin and had a long tail that was slowly waving in the air. It crept closer as slow as possible and had gotten only a few feet from the edge of my bed, blocking my way out. Um, excuse me, Kate, this is actually terrifying. I didn't know what to do, understandably, so I called my friend and he stayed on the phone with me to help me calm down for the next three hours until I felt like it was gone and I could fall asleep. I never saw it again, but the darkness still lingered. I eventually moved upstairs, which was a lot better. I've never been able to figure out what it was, but looking back, potentially it was an omen as my stepdad was diagnosed with stage four cancer a year and a half later, which he passed from. I'm very sorry for your loss, Kate. That's horrible. However, with my professional witchy psychic opinion, I don't think it was an omen. Omens can come through to us, but not like that. That to me sounds like an actual entity, especially if you're experiencing physical symptoms like nosebleeds, you can feel this overwhelming feeling of it there. And you saw something physically moving with your eyes. It had a shape, all of that. Now, some people would automatically assume demon, right? But I I disagree. There are varying forms of entities out there. I don't think demon is the correct term for all of them, even if they feel negative or dark or scary. And just because they feel scary doesn't mean they are evil. Sometimes they serve a specific purpose in doing that. In regards to 
this, if this happens to any of you out there, or if you've experienced anything like this, and I do have a story I'm about to share, which is kind of similar. You need to definitely figure out how to do psychic energy work on top of your standard cleansing and banishing rituals. Standard cleansing isn't going to get rid of it. You need to be able to drop into that meditative space, almost into some forms of trance-like meditation and clairvoyantly or, or visualize removing this entity, sometimes rolling it up this energy, this dark, dense energy into a box, burying it outside in the yard to return to the earth. Potentially, you can visualize very bright white light energy showing light into those corners and the deep, dark areas. Sometimes there are entities that do just like to live in those dark areas, basements, cupboards, that sort of a thing. That's just kind of where they hang out. And that's why if we're ever doing things like smoke cleansing, you want to get in all those areas. You don't miss the cupboards. You do the cupboards. You do under the tables. And definitely protection and warding afterwards as well. I'm surprised you were able to get back to sleep, but also the idea of calling a friend and having them talk you through it and calm you down is an excellent tactic if you're not sure what to do in the moment. Thank you very much for sharing. This next one came through as a voice note message on my Instagram. This is from the Australian Warlock, and he gives a beautiful rendition of something that happened to him. Stay tuned. Good morning, lovely. It's me again. <laughs> I just read um, your post about UFO experiences. I, it's not really a massive story. It's just something that happened to me after I was finishing work late one night, and I promise I wasn't smoking anything. Oh, I don't smoke anything. Anyway, anyway, shut up, Jake. Um, so I'd gotten out of my car and I like to just look at the sky. You know, it was a clear night and I looked up and here are these two lights doing like these dances around each other. Just two of them like circling around each other as if they were sort of playing, you know, doing a dance in the sky. And then it was as if like they'd realised that I'd like locked on. Like, oh, that's a bit weird. One stopped dead set in in the sky and stayed there and the other one just disappeared in the darkness. Like, I tried to pull my phone out to, like, record it, but... And it was just, like, nothing ever happened after that. And that one star... Sorry, that one star was, was still there, just like a star, you know? But it was really bizarre. And now, dear listener, it's my turn. Strap yourselves in as I recount some of the many paranormal supernatural experiences that I have encountered just over the last 10 years alone. I've chosen these ones particularly because they all seem to link together and they are the moments in my life that have brought me to where I am today. They have each imparted specific wisdom learning or understanding in terms of my spiritual path. They're also the ones that were probably the most frightening, but can help maybe you if you encounter something like this yourself. And to know that even when things are scary, they don't 
really hurt us. In no way, shape or form was I ever physically harmed. And whilst it might have felt terrifying at the time, I don't think I ever thought that was a possibility. I do find I have a tendency to swear a little bit as I recount these stories. So if you do have little ears, I do suggest they not be present and they might get a bit too spooked out as well. Enjoy. I don't even know where to start. I feel like I've had quite a number of spooky supernatural stories. And I do think I have recounted a little bit, at least here on the podcast. I had a couple of experiences over in Louisiana and then a couple here in Australia. So I'm going to start chronologically, I think. The first one being in Louisiana when I was working on a goat dairy farm in rural Louisiana. Super fun. Loved it there. And I was staying in a trailer or a caravan out in the back. And it was quite separate from the house, surrounded by cornfields. And one night, this was one of the first nights when I'd gotten there, I experienced what I thought was sleep paralysis. So I woke up in the middle of the night and couldn't get up. And I usually people feel a weight on their chest, but I felt the weight on my wrists. I could lift my head, I could lift my chest up, but my wrists were pinned down like someone was holding them down. I couldn't see anyone. My eyes were wide open. It was terrifying. And I remember slipping straight back into the church and just praying praying, 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 you know, in the name of Jesus, be gone, all of that stuff. And it did eventually work, but I'll tell you what, I was bloody terrified. I then turned on all the lights, put on some Christian music and pretty much just prayed myself to sleep. The next day I kind of thought maybe I'd just had a nightmare, maybe something, I don't know, the nightmare where you, your body's sort of still in a dream type of thing happened. And I tried to explain it away, which I think a lot of people do with supernatural experiences. I then went back to sleep that next night. And as I was lying in bed, I saw something sit on the edge of the bed, but I couldn't see anyone. So like the indent of someone's butt on the mattress. So again, went straight back to lights back on, music on, pray myself to sleep. It was quite terrifying. So the next day I actually told the girl that lived there with us so the grandchild of of the people I was working for and I said hey like has anyone ever said anything about stuff happening in the in the trailer over there and she just looked at me like deadpan stare and was like oh what have you brought back from New Orleans I was like oh you believe me oh great fantastic I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing anyway most people in Louisiana as I came to know are very open to supernatural occurrences and experience them quite a lot. And she said that there was civil war, war battlegrounds all around them. So a lot of her friends had had pretty intense experiences, but that no one had said anything about this trailer before. So it must've been something I'd brought with me, which it was. And anyway, she said, I've got a friend, he's a witch. I'll get him to come around. And this was my first ever experience meeting a witch. And I did discuss this one on my episode with Don Martin. So you can listen to that as well. But the witch came in. He came in and firstly dispelled any myths I had about witch being feminine. It is a gender neutral word. And he did some divination. He used a pendulum and said that, yes, there was something there. And he put some protections in place and some wards up. Didn't really know what any of that was at the time. 
but when I went to sleep I did feel a little bit safer and I did awake to scratching on the roof like long like on the top of the tin roof and I tried to explain it away with it's just like a tree branch in the wind of course that's what it is but in the morning I knew I knew I knew the whole time I knew there was no trees close enough but it was just a way to soothe myself to sleep and I turned around of course looking back at the trailer there was nothing that could have done it so I think whatever he did absolutely worked in keeping that out and this was almost like a way of blasting open me I think in retrospect in terms of supernatural things because I'd, I'd been in the church for so long I'd had godly supernatural stuff happen uh, visions that sort of a thing I'd seen people be healed I'd seen some other crazy stuff but this was the first time actually experiencing something that I really really couldn't explain and that praying hadn't really fully helped right it it did a little bit but it didn't stop it from happening I didn't feel protected but when this witch came in what he did worked right and it made me feel a lot safer so then it started to just you know pull down some of those barriers those walls that I'd built from religion and life and inexperience so that was that and I don't think I had any more experiences on that trip I did end up speaking with a voodoo practitioner back in New Orleans and discovered that a spirit had basically hitchhiked its way with me <laughs> from one of the cemeteries so they taught me some of the, the etiquette to use around cemeteries and visiting graveyards and things like that so that was that went back home I was overseas for two years but when I finally got back home I convinced Ben who's now my husband to come with me on a ghost tour and we went down to a place called Aradale Asylum and did this big tour it starts at like 8 p.m goes till 2 a.m it's like an intense walking tour you're walking the whole time this place is huge and at one point we walked into this separate building and it kind of looks like an old Victorian house we go in and I was assaulted with this smell of hay or straw if anyone knows this story you might have either done my course or heard me talking about it before this is clear aliens that was kicking in which is clear smelling or the psychic sense of smell did not know that at the time all I knew is it smelled like stables straw hay something like that and I was like did they keep horses in here and it did not look like a place where horses would even get into so everyone was like uh no and we keep going into the room where the guide was taking us I'm like can't you all smell that it smells like a stable like straw and hay and everyone's looking at me so bizarrely and I'm starting to think something's wrong with me and Ben leans over and says are you having a stroke? <laughs> no one can smell anything. Uh, apparently you smell burnt toast when you're having a stroke, but no, I wasn't. And all I could smell was this hay and straw. And then the guide looked over at me and said, that's really interesting that you say that because this was where they used to perform lobotomies and they didn't have running water back then. So they would fill the floor with straw or hay, which would soak up the blood and they'd sweep it out at the end of the day. So that was eye-opening as well I was shocked and the fact that I had witnesses there that saw that I knew this when I shouldn't have been able to that was that was pretty cool I think also really like spooky like I think I was just like well, what just happened I thought it was like a ghostly experience I didn't realize it was a psychic experience a bit of both we then continued on and when we got to J ward which is the men's ward 
the guide would open, like unlock the door, let us all in and then lock it behind us because he said he didn't like to go back through everywhere and lock everything when we'd all gone. So we just did it at the same time. So we've all filed in. He's locked the door. We've gone through this hallway into another room. There was no one in the hallway. And as we all sat down, we all very clearly heard footsteps coming down that hallway. We knew everyone was accounted for. There was no one in that hallway, but we all heard it all like 20 or 30 of us. So that was also really cool because it's kind of like a confirmation for everyone that there is stuff out there, right? Now, my next supernatural experience happened in 2016 on a return trip to Louisiana. It was a family trip. So I was with my mom, my stepdad, my brother and Ben, who was my my boyfriend at the time. And we were also pregnant with my daughter and we flew over there visited the people I stayed with on the goat farm and chose to stay at what is known as the most haunted hotel in the USA which is the Myrtles Plantation in Louisiana now I had bypassed this before on my previous trip really wanted to go in but we didn't have time so I was really grateful to go back to it and I had since read the book So there is a book by Francis Kermine, and that is all about their experiences in this plantation when they took it over. I think it's been dramatized for a book, which happens, but it was a very interesting read. I do recommend it. So we booked in with this place. I booked Ben and I into the actual plantation home in the General David Bradford suite, which is the only room on the ground floor, and it is part of the original home before the extensions happened. And my mum and my stepdad and my brother stayed in a little cabin at the back because they didn't want to, you know, invite any ghosts in. So they chose the new, newly built cabin. And I didn't want to tell mum. It doesn't really work that way. But she felt safe. So the first day, uh, everyone goes off for a nap except Ben and I. He uh, took me for a walk and ended up proposing to me with only the ghosts for our witnesses. So that was wonderful. And when we got back, we went in. Uh, woke my mum up I was like oh my gosh mum like we're engaged blah 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 and so we went out to celebrate for a meal in the little restaurant there my brother was still pretty tired so he just stayed back and kept sleeping on the couch now at this meal now remember mum had been napping right she said oh I have to tell you something that happened and I was like what, already it's day it's the middle of the day she said I know I was asleep in the bed and I woke up because someone shoved the bed and I thought it was Craig which is my stepdad but she turned over and realized he was fast asleep on the other bed on the other side of the room so it couldn't have been him my brother was in the other room and these beds are heavy like four poster heavy wooden beds When she got up, she actually looked down and could see that the bed had moved. Like, you know, when you can see where it's been sitting and there's like an indentation or like dust around it, she could see it had actually shifted. So she said, I am not sleeping in that bed tonight. Your brother can have that bed. (laughs) So we heard this story. My brother did not hear this story. We all go to bed that night. Nothing happened for Ben and I. It was perfectly lovely sleep in our room. Wake up the next morning. We're going for a drive. And my brother decides to open up and I knew he's, he's pretty skeptical normally he thought I'd fallen for a gimmick going to this haunted hotel and so when he goes from the back seat um hey Hannah I was like yeah he goes uh you know um I had a I had a weird thing 
happened last night. And I could just tell, I could tell from the tone of his voice that he really didn't want to be admitting this, but he also needed a little bit of guidance. And I was like, shut up, tell me everything. Anyway, he said he was trying to fall asleep. Just as he's about to drift off, he felt someone shove his head into the pillow hard enough that it basically bounced back up. He got a big fright, thought maybe his body had done some weird jerky movement, and so he kind of just decided to try and go back to sleep. As he's trying to fall back asleep again, this takes a little while, his legs got pushed into the bed hard enough that they bounced up and he watched them bounce up. He pretty much just went, fuck this, I'm out. Stood up and went for a walk and just pretty much stayed awake the rest of the night, (laughs) walking around outside. So I was like, this is because when we arrived, you looked at the posters and went, Hannah, you fell for a gimmick. There's no such thing as ghosts. This is why. This is why you don't say shit like that. So I think that was the ghost's way or the spirit's way of making themselves known to him. Now, this is not all that happened. Louisiana is a very haunted place, and particularly this place. On our second night, we were asleep. I was sleeping on my side because pregnancy facing away from Ben. And I felt our cat jump up onto the end of the bed and snuggle into my feet. And it took me a minute to go, oh, I did not bring my cat with me to the States. That's not my cat. (laughs) That's something else. And I thought, oh, no, maybe I've just like I was dreaming or something. um, And I thought it was there. But I felt it move. I felt something move and pull the blanket taut over my feet with its weight. So I've again tried to explain it away. This is what we do. It's what we naturally do. And I thought maybe Ben just moved and it's, his legs have pulled the, the doona a little bit. So I've snuggled in close to Ben, put my feet on his feet, which my feet were probably freezing cold. Poor Ben, but he didn't wake up. And I thought this way I'll know when he moves. And I felt what was on the end of the bed move up to my knees and Ben had not moved. So this is where... I usually think I'm pretty brave, right? But I think I started having a little bit of flashbacks of what had happened previously in Louisiana. So I was like, yep, I'm just, I'm just going to nope out of here. I think I'm just, I'm just going to get up. So I got up, grabbed my pillow, didn't look at the end of the bed. There's always that feeling like if I look, it makes it real. Got up and walked into the second room. We have like two rooms. One was like a sitting room. So I sat in the sitting room for a little bit, playing on Snapchat at the time. And of course, I'd just been proposed to. So I'm, you know, talking to my friends and it was a good time in Australia to be to be chatting. And as I'm chatting, I realize it's getting colder and colder and colder in this room. I haven't touched the thermostat, but it is icy, icy, icy cold to the point where I'm like, I actually can't stand to be in here anymore. It is freezing. So I opened the door to outside. Now, this is about at this point, about 4 a.m., So the thing on the bed probably happened 3 a.m. By 4 a.m. I was like, too cold, got to get out. Opened the door. And whilst it was cool outside, the temperature shift was dramatic enough to fog my glasses up completely. And so I was like, whoa, it really was super cold in there. So I've stepped outside and I ended up calling a friend. So I was like, I've got to do something. It's 4 a.m. I can't just sit quietly outside. I've got to do something. So I'm chatting to her on the phone. And then Ben like throws the door open, wide-eyed, looks out, and he's like, what are you doing? 
I'm like, I'm just on the phone. La 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 la. And he's like, what? what are you doing? Like runs over to me. I could see he was like quite agitated. So I hung up and said, you all right? And he said, I woke up and the bed was shaking and you weren't there. And he was so, he was so shaken up, literally. And I said, what do you mean the bed was shaking? He said, the bed was shaking. The whole bed was shaking. Now this is an old, old, old fashioned four poster wooden bed. And he said it was absolutely shaking. And the next day when it was finally light, he even went and checked. He's like, I don't know, maybe it was a air conditioner turning on or something like a motor running. It felt like that. Of course, there was nothing around it or there. And this is a common thing, especially when I was reading the Myrtle's Plantation book, that that bed has a habit of doing that sort of thing, shaking and moving. So that was pretty interesting to have him experience that because he's very skeptical as well, very science minded, and he couldn't explain it. So we didn't go back to bed. We actually had the night audit let us in and give us some coffee. And as we're sitting there, you know, breakfast starts happening around 6 a.m. And this couple walks in and I said, oh, how was your night? And they said, oh, my goodness, we had some stuff happen. I said, take a seat. Tell me all about it. And he said his wife fell asleep perfectly fine. She didn't didn't stir. But he, on the other hand, as he was trying to fall asleep, heard humming. Now, they were in the children's nursery room, which was directly above our room. They could hear this humming right in his ear, like, mm-hmm, 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 like a child's humming. Super creepy. So super creepy. And he said it was really bothering him and he was struggling to fall asleep. He'd go in and out of sleep, but he'd always hear that humming. Anyway, a bit around, he said it was close to probably 4 a.m., 3.30, 4 a.m., something like that. He felt something on the end of his bed. And it gradually moved up and up and up to his knees before he finally threw the covers off and got out of bed. And he'd just been awake ever since then. And I said, shut up. That's kind of what happened to me. But a little bit earlier in the night, and I said, maybe when I got out of bed, it went straight up to your room and did the same thing. Now, there is some speculation from the people that work here and from in the books and things like that. There might be a little ghost cat. I'm totally fine with that. Ghost kitty. Yes, totally on board. Other people say it could be one of the children that passed away. There was one child that died from yellow fever there and another two children that were accidentally poisoned from oleander leaf in a birthday cake. It's a very convoluted story. Um, So I'm not sure. The children one is a little bit creepier than the cat one. But that was that experience. In retrospect, I think I have had quite a few supernatural experiences in my life. Now, it was probably two years later when I was at home. Ben was living on base on the the Air Force base so he wasn't living with us during the week and he'd just come and visit on the weekends and it was just me and my daughter in the home doing our thing and I was really I was really actually dedicated at the time it was almost like an obsession with meditating every single night at the exact same time I had an alarm on my phone 10 o'clock I'd go and meditate sometimes for up to an hour every single night it was wonderful for my mental health but it was also just a really great practice for developing my psychic abilities all of that I was working with my mentor at the same time CB Bjork who is a psychic medium and so we were sort of just working on all of those sorts of things and it was during one of these times of meditation where I in my inexperience decided to almost put out 
like a message. So I was meditating, clearing my mind. I sort of went, is there anything out there that wants to communicate? Was the thought process that I pushed out into the world. Not a good idea. There's a very broad net to throw out. (laughs) As soon as I did that, I felt like I was falling backwards. I knew I was sitting upright and still and I could feel the chair behind me but I felt like I was falling backwards I also felt super dizzy like the chair was spinning and it was a I've I'd never felt this before it was really weird and my body started vibrating so part of my brain is like am I about to have an out-of-body experience and that is partially what happened but because I really really felt like I was falling backwards I almost shocked myself out of it okay so that's kind of what happened at these weird bodily experiences shocked myself out of it didn't think anything of it went to bed woke up that night with sleep paralysis now i hadn't had this since louisiana so it was a bit of a like holy shit what's happening but this was more of a common one where my my whole body felt like it was pinned to the bed um, but i could move my head so i've opened my eyes and this is a very, we were in a very old hundred year old house and the, the ceiling was quite high up. It's very, very high ceilings. And I sort of looked up at the ceiling and turned slightly to the left and there was this shape. And I haven't really spoken about this much because I literally felt like I was going insane. But what I could see, I can only describe as a, a bat, but so large, it was like two, two meters, two meters wide with the wings quite open in the corner of this room up on the roof with red glowing eyes i shit bricks i was like the fuck is that and basically just noped out i still i went back to praying i went back to praying at the same time i was also quickly shielding and trying to just like protect myself in that regard And then a little part of my brain is like, am I dreaming? Could this be a dream where I'm moving and awake, but I can see it so clearly? Finally convinced myself, like it it disappeared. Finally convinced myself to go back to sleep. And I had really rotten nightmares that night. Like nightmares where you're trying to scream and warn someone about something and you can't scream. Like horrible. Now I know now from many experiences that this is almost like an inkling that there is something there, right? There is something that is either attached to me or attached to the space so of course I went to um, my mentor and and explained what had happened we talked about it potentially being an out-of-body experience that was about to happen whilst I was meditating and also casting that net way too wide and inviting something into the home so I had to go through the process of a getting rid of it b uh, protecting c warding all of those things so in a way it helped with a lot of those crucial skills that are really needed and testing them does this actually work does this actually get rid of this thing and it did it probably took about a week of dedicated cleansing shielding warding protecting banishing all of that stuff for me to finally feel like there was nothing there but that's a little lesson for all of us on that sort of a thing i don't know what it was i have had discussions with mortalis who is a necromancer i've had them on the show as well When you feel that falling backwards, sometimes that can be falling into the underworld or almost astrally projecting into the underworld, which has, I'd say, entities or creatures known as psychopumps almost there to scare you and and force you back 
to where we're supposed to be. Scare you away from that because we're not supposed to be down there when we're alive. So I think in retrospect, that could have been what it was. And I have had a very similar experience since then as well with something like that. So that's just a couple. I feel like I have so many more as well, but we'll be here all day (laughs) if I do that. But those are probably the most wowzers ones. So I hope this has been super spooky and I hope you are enjoying or have enjoyed your Halloween. I don't usually do themed like time of year episodes because I know not everyone gets to the episodes at that time of year, but I'm happy for it to be spooky Halloween season all the time. So that's why I was okay with doing this episode. If you have enjoyed this spooky episode, please, please, please let me know. You don't, I mean, I'd love if you left a review, that would be phenomenal over on iTunes, Apple podcasts, but even a DM, a share on Instagram, all of those things make my heart sore. And I love hearing your feedback around the episodes. What was it that you enjoyed or what was it that is bothering you about potentially the podcast that I can work on? This sort of feedback is super helpful. Now, if you are local to where I live, which is South Brisbane or even around that area, I have a little advert I've put together for something that I'm putting on very, very soon. It's happening in two weeks time. So please stay tuned for that. But otherwise, have a lovely day wherever you are in the world today. Make sure to brush your teeth if you're eating lots of lollies or candy over Halloween period. And I will chat to you next time. Which is, I have some very exciting news for you. On the 19th of November, 2022, I will be hosting a tarot workshop. That's right, a live in-person class with yours truly. This will be located in South Queensland in Springfield Lake. So if you are in Northern New South Wales area, South Queensland, and would love to come along, I would so love to meet you and to teach you the magic, the history, and the wisdom within the tarot. There will be a variety of unique and unusual tarot decks to look at and play with, a tarot cheat sheet for future reference, and a journal for recording your readings. You'll get to practice reading for others and may even receive a little reading from me as well. I'll be going over how to cleanse and connect with the deck, shuffle, choose cards, create a spread, pair traditional meanings with your intuition, and teaching my cheat codes for hacking the memory system in our brain for faster recall and interpretation of the cards. At the end of this class, you will leave knowing how to read any card with ease. Spots are limited as this is an in-person event, so make sure to head to my website. The link will be in the description box below to save your seat.